Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The 83rd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high goes to Darty. Darty and the double team gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline. Hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti... It's going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. That's right. He's back. The co-host of the show. Missed one episode. Hey, but, but he is back. By a hey, by choice of the host. No. Yes. I I, I sent a text Saturday. Liar. Hey, Saturday. Hey, you want to record? You Liar. Said, nah, nah, that's man. that's a lie. You actually said you were not feeling good that night and could not record. I was ready to go. I was ready to go after the game, but you said, and I quote, "We'll just do it later on because I'll be ready to go then." And sure enough, see, this is what I think. I think that you don't want me in on the fun editions of the podcast. There are no fun editions of the podcast. That was a fun edition of the podcast. You beat a team that sucks by 20. Well, here I wanted to join in and have fun, but apparently I don't get to participate in that. So here's what <sighs> happened Saturday. We yep. watched the game. Yeah. I had some dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, normal, okay, normal course of action. Most people probably did the same thing. I had some fried okra with my dinner, and I love fried okra. Okay. That fried okra did not love me back. I had you know acid what? reflux. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing excuses. Hey, that's what the generation is full of. You did not show the effort, oh, energy, and especially the toughness to do the podcast. When you've torn your ACL... Other factors just wear down your body. So bubble guts got you. Yes. Wow. So that, a, a, a man that has had multiple knee reconstructions. Yes. Was taken down in his prime by some greasy okra. So that was Jeez. Saturday. Yesterday I hit you up nine thirty. Respectable well, recording. Respectable at- time. For, okay. Respectable is, recording time. No, nah, it's man, not. I'm too tired. No, it's not. Not not for somebody that wakes up at four thirty in the morning to go into work. Make sure you clarify that. It's not like I'm a dude that's waking up at 11 a.m. every morning. Then it'd be like, well, why aren't you recording? Think about how much money I've made you. Uh, None. And then think about how much money your job has made you. And, and get your priorities in order. 
Wow. Wow. Um, I can't believe you honestly just said that. <laughs> you have lost me more money than you've made me. The good news is this, is that because I am the great host that I am, <sighs> I'm still going to give you the floor to speak on the NC State beautiful. win. Beautiful. Because... Yeah. The bad co-host that you are wow. allowed me to not touch on Carolina's defensive performance in the game. How is that my fault? I would have led off. Because you weren't here. At, had it happened at 9.30 last no, night? No, actually, actually, if you want to be technical, I was here. I was in the same building that you were in <laughs> this morning to record it, but I was unaware that it was being recorded. If I was aware of it, I would have told you. Just hold on till later in the day. But alas, here we are. So let's quickly Mm -hmm. get back to Saturday. I expressed in my solo edition, it was a really good day to be a Tar Heel. You get a big win Mm -hmm. at home against your rival. The first big rivalry win for Hubert Davis. And those things matter. Um, because Kentucky, even even if you would have beaten Kentucky, we would be able to sell it as a signature win, not a rivalry win, because the game was on a neutral court. It's different when the game's in Chapel Hill or the game's in Lexington. It was Roy Williams Day in the Smith Center. Um, so that made it even more special. And then the, the 1982 National Championship team was also being honored, which meant the GOAT Michael Jordan was in the building. And, and Carolina looked completely different from the team we saw on, on Wednesday night. Against Boston College, they scored 58 points in 40 minutes in that game. Mm -hmm. They scored 56 in 20 minutes on Saturday, scored 100 for the first time all year long, and the offense looked like the offense that we kind of saw in November and December was carrying this team. They didn't need their offense to score the way they did the other night to win the game, but it helped. Well, you couldn't tell that from ACC Network's coverage of the game. Yeah. They thought that Traquavian Smith, Traquavius Smith, I forget what his first name is, not trying to be that guy. But they they thought he had one of the greatest performances in the history of the ACC. Can I just reiterate again? I mean, just how bad of an analyst Randolph Childress is. I just think he's dry and boring. I, I I just I think I I thought the whole broadcast was just kind of all over the place. Yeah, I mean, look, I know that state isn't good. That's still the second best rivalry in this conference. So give me g- give me some marquee. Wait, are we counting? Wait a second. Are we counting just conference versus conference teams? Because Louisville, Kentucky's ahead of that. Yeah, I mean, no, on, no, it, within the conference. Oh, that's yeah. still the second best rivalry yeah. in, in the conference. I mean, from our perspective, yes. I mean, other, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I wasn't concerned. They were, they did a whole minute and a half thing on a guy scoring 30 in a game where his team was getting blown out at multiple points by 30 points. I'm like, I get it. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it's he kid had a good night, you know, but still, Carolina did a good job early on. That wasn't the guy that hurt him. It was Jericho Hellams, yeah. but Carolina was so far out ahead because the three-point shooting was unbelievable. And this is one of the things that I realized during this game that I think I should have realized probably earlier in the season about this team. It's very easy to get a read on the type of night that Carolina's going to have offensively. If R.J. Davis and Caleb Love are hitting those tough outside shots late in the shot clock, early in the game, then you're going to have a good night offensively. If not... It's not going to be a great night for you. Because they did that in this game on Saturday, along with Brady Manick hitting a couple of important shots. And from there, the team just rolled. They got into an offensive rhythm. And 
I told you while we were watching the game, it didn't really shock me that they had this type of performance. Usually when you have a historically bad performance like that, you usually follow it up by going in the complete opposite direction, the other end of the spectrum. And those are usually your outliers for the season. So I wasn't stunned that they shot as good as they did in that one. Also, um, I mean, Brady Manick's hatred for NC State that we just had no clue about (laughs) is unbelievable. It came out of nowhere. Everybody just hates NC State. Who knew that this dude was at Oklahoma just waiting for this opportunity. I mean, it's unbelievable how well Carolina as a whole. These what guys I think it step is, up for this is game. he looks like so many of the students that actually go to NC State. He looks like a Yeti and wasn't offered a scholarship to go play there. What are you talking about? He looks like he could be what the new Nebraska Cornhuskers mascot <laughs> is going to look. So like. he just took it out on them. I thought, I thought the best thing about it was. Everything going into the game, your recently retired Hall of Fame head coach in the building. Now he's been in the building before, but now you're honoring him. Michael Jordan in the building. That just added to the emotion that Carolina played with. Well, he gave a pregame speech too, which I think was was big. And and, and he, I love the quote. And he he called the players out in a, in a indirect but direct way. Oh man, I mean, no, he pretty much said, "Look, you guys aren't playing with the effort." Yeah. Your your coach, I've I've seen you play. Your coach is the guy that's bringing the effort every night. You're not, and we know uh, Mike is is not one to mince the words. My, my Mike will tell you exactly what he is thinking in that moment. So if I got a podcast god to come tell you, who would be the podcast guy? I'm not sure. That's gonna take a lot of narrowing down. Joe Rogan. Joe. Uh, oh, wow. Um. Okay. Yeah. Let's not bring Joe Rogan anywhere who, near who, this podcast. Arrow Collins to to bring it back full circle for us. If I got one of those guys to come down and tell you, hey, you ain't bringing the same effort as the host. You know, I would, think, would that would that elevate your level of potting? See, I think this needs to be more about you because you seem to be the man that feels like you're the greatest and really you're kind of average when it comes to podcast hosting i mean we're about to have trying to bring you know we're we're about to have the second best month in the history of the pod we're trying to bring the ego down just a slight bit but i i I thought that was interesting Mm -hmm. um and I think that's something that, yeah, look, when you've got the greatest ever play of the game, come into your, your locker room and say, hey, you're not playing hard. Mm-hmm. You can't not play hard. And I thought you brought up a really good point. Oh, thank you. Um, Hubert was huberting on the sidelines, very, I guess. is Very animated. He was into the game like he had the the looks and was like you know kind of like he was willing shots to go into the basket um he complained more with his team up 30 when his team was down 30 just a week ago um but yeah i mean I, I which just, really quickly i think shows the fact that when he gets the effort from his guys he's going to coach with they're, the effort they're going to get the same effort He's not a guy that is going to beg his guys to show effort. Because I think that part of it is that maybe he's tried that and it's not working. That's also, and we brought this up earlier in the year with the rotation and stuff like that. That's an NBA thing. You, You hear that from NBA coaches. 
we hear it from the guy that is on our station every week, James Borrego. Mm-hmm. That's a and look when you're trying to get to the level that you're trying to get the program to with recruiting stuff like that. That's maybe how it's got to be in a lot of different ways. Well, it's I just think an, it's also, an adjustment for when eighteen years. Like when Roy Williams got to that point of I didn't care. Roy Williams was the fact that you had ticked him off to where that's what you made him do, and he would still come back and care. I think also look at a lot of the guys that that Hubert played for when he was at the NBA level. We're talking about the great of the greats. So. That's I th- he took a lot of things from them as well as Dean and of course Roy, but I think yeah he's kind of got more of that NBA mindset and I-, I I mean some of the guys probably love it, but when you're losing it's not quite as fun. But yeah you could tell, I, I, and I thought it was just I I mentioned it the other day I thought it was just ludicrous the people that were saying I don't think this game means as much to Hubert as it does to Roy. Okay, well first of all that's setting an extremely high bar because I honestly believe the people, especially after they showed him yet the other day when Jones said be uh said read off the record of him all time against NC State as 38 and 5. Yeah. And Roy did the full on fist pump and then the clap. I think he hates NC State more than he hates Duke. Look, here's the I thing. Mean, that's not a question. The rivalry with Duke is a respectful rivalry. They're the two best programs in the sport separated by 8 miles. Right. We hate NC State. Well, I think the other thing that goes into it is everything that has happened since the NCAA investigation, and, that was, and that's gotten him to that point, which they, is great, because I'm there too. They didn't help their case, and it also didn't help that... NC State not helping their case, that happens pretty much every so, year. So, you know, yeah, look, I, there's going to be that level of hatred against NC State. That's just, you can't be a Tar Heel and not hate NC State. Mm-hmm. You can be a Tar Heel and respect what Duke has done because you can't not respect what they've built. There's nothing to respect for NC State. Yeah, there's nothing to respect. <laughs> I mean, you got a you got a, a banner that's almost 40 years old now. Like it's it's irrelevant. That's the one guy that you actually respect from there. And I'm talking about any of their athletic departments. So another thing that came out of the game that I didn't touch on by myself. Mm. Carolina's mm. defense on on Sebron. That was legit stuff. And we knew that was a possibility. I mean, earlier in the year, and just a couple of weeks ago especially, Michael DeVoe came in and played the Tar Heels, and Leaky Black locked him down. And I think now, I said it the other day, I think Sebron's probably one of the more complete players in the ACC. I mean, he can do everything. Yes. He might be the most complete player in the ACC right now. But Carolina, from the word go was all over him and and just as a whole I mean by the way their rim protection the other day tremendous I mean yep. six blocks from Armando Baycott honestly that left me asking the question where is this more often from him we need that type of rim protector because I mean I was listening you know going home the other day and I love coach Doherty I think you know we've had him here on the podcast before um and you know I think for the most part his analysis is great but he brought up the fact that Carolina's always had good rim protectors. They haven't really had a great rim protector since John Henson. Bryce I mean, Johnson wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, year. Bryce Bryce was, was pretty solid. His senior year. 
But but that's what I'm saying. John Henson was from the word from the word go was a great rim protector. Carolina's kind of lacked that the last couple of years. They if if Armando can be even close to what he was the other day, that would be huge. But yeah, overall, they just did an outstanding job and I think that was what really took the will out of NC State was when they were getting to the cup, especially Sebron, it was getting shut down, and that made a huge difference early in the game. It's a really good thing Carolina slowed him down. He scored two points, one of six from the field, because I thought going into the game, if you got to make Smith or Helms beat you, you live with that. Well, mm. those two dudes combined to score 59 of NC State's 80 points. State's got quality players. They have never not had quality players. I think what you learned the other day is what we've known for four years, five years. You ain't got a quality head coach. And I thought I thought Carolina was well prepared. They looked well rested. And they looked eager to play better than they did the other night. By and the way, did you shout out the man that got Carolina biscuits? I did. Yeah, oh, there we go. Jackson Watkins. That's right, baby. That's right. So that that'll conclude our look back at the win over state for for Carolina on Saturday. We move on. Carolina back in action tomorrow against Louisville. I'm gonna try to, to to say nice things about Louisville. Um, they enter with an 11 and this, 10 this record. This isn't overall. a hatred thing either. This no, they're team just is not. Just not good. It's not good. They enter with 11 and 10 record, five and six in the league. Of course, last week they fired their head coach Chris Mack for reasons on the court and off the court. He left the press conference saying, you coach at Louisville, you got to win more than I did. And he's right. He lost too many games, but a lot of off-the-court issues led to him being fired as well. He seems to be taking it hard, by the way. He was at a bar celebrating the Bengals' win last night with his buddies. Right. And he seemed pretty tanked. Um, they're 5-2 and two under their interim head coach, Mike Peegs. He coached the first six games of the year because Mac was suspended for the first six games. And, of course, now he's taken over on a full-time basis. The Cardinal really struggle to put the ball in the basket. They just have one guy averaging double-figure scoring. That's Malik Williams at right at 10 points per game. He's also their leading rebounder at 8.6 per game. Some other names that you might be familiar with, Noah Locke, a guy that we were hoping Carolina was going to recruit in the portal last year. He's our second leading scorer shooting 37% from behind the three-point line. You got Dre Davis, L. Ellis, Samuel Williams and Gerard West. They've got they've got guys, but it hasn't it hasn't meshed well. Things haven't gone well for them on the court and off the court. And that's where they are what they are. And the, a lot of it is they lack they lack leadership um from a uh from a from an AD standpoint, they don't have one. They don't have a president of the university right now as well, so they 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 they're struggling on that front. And it's just been a, a really tumultuous time. They hired Chris Mack to try to stable the program after the Rick Pitino era ended the way that it did, and it just didn't happen. And it's unfortunate because Louisville's a really good job. It's got a lot of rich basketball tradition. It was the one Big East school that we added that I did not complain about. All the other schools, if they were to go back to the Big East, wouldn't care. If Louisville were to leave, I'd miss Louisville. they got a beautiful court. They've got great tradition. And... Well, they also got bourbon in Louisville. They've also got... Oh, you're reaching it. Yeah. So, you know, they've got that going for them. 
For the Carolina side of things, we enter 15-6 and six overall, 7-3 and three in league play. So as bad as we made it out a week ago, they responded with those three straight wins at home. They're right back in the thick of things, just a game, game and a half out of first place in the ACC, depending on the day. Still got four players averaging double figures, scoring led by Armando Baycott's 16.3 points per game. They are now fourth in the country in defensive rebounds per game, right at 30. And they're second in the ACC, averaging 77 points per game in conference games so far. We talk a lot about maturity at a lot of different times in the year. Mm -hmm. This is a maturity game for Carolina. Yep, and this one... I don't know. I, I, it, I, it feels like we've been saying a lot, a lot of games are important, but this one feels like this is probably your best chance to get a road win this season. The, I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea how this team has won five conference games. This Louisville, they, I mean, they cannot score. They have one dude in double figures, and he is averaging 10.8 a game. They averaged 32% from behind the three-point line after I mean, spending all summer trying to add shooting to their roster. I mean, it's just not a good shooting group. I mean, yeah, Noah Locke is probably the guy that you're most concerned about, but this game almost has the feel of Boston College. I don't know if they're as bad overall as Boston College. I think they probably have a little bit better overall talent spread throughout the roster. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at this group, it's just you, you've got you've got to be able to take care of business in this game. Now, the one thing that does concern me a little bit about this team is that they, they do go 10 deep. Mm-hmm. So they're a deeper team than Carolina. Most of the teams that Carolina has been playing recently – are as deep or even thinner than Carolina on the bench. So, we'll see. But, I mean, Malik Williams is the guy that you're probably most worried about. I'm still going right at him with Armando Baycott. Oh, absolutely. And outside of that, I don't think they really have the advantage on you anywhere else. This is not a team that should be able to drive the lane all that easy on you. But at the same time, this is the thing that has to be said. This team hasn't gotten blown out in the games that they played this year. Nope. They played everybody close. It's just when you've got a loss on your schedule to Pittsburgh, you stink. Yeah. I mean, so this is one where you look at it and you say to yourself, you need to take care of business in this game. This is Carolina's best chance to get a road win, and they've got to be able to capitalize. You cannot let these things that have been biting you in the tush since the start of the year on the road, pop up in this one. This game falls into the same category that had you lost to Virginia Tech or Boston College last week. It's a bad loss. And it's the type of loss... Well, NC State would have been a bad loss. So it, it, Them as well. That would have. This could be a loss that takes you from... Right now you're still in the field. This, this if you lose this game, this could put you pretty far out of the tournament field. So... That's that's got to be it doesn't need to be communicated per se. It should be known that look, you're halfway home through the conference season. You've played ten of twenty. This is usually where the schedule heats up. 
Louisville's not as good as we thought they were going to be. You got Duke on Saturday. You still got to go to Virginia Tech. You still got to play Florida State. You still got to go to Duke on down the line. So you just got to keep pace right now and hope you stack wins and and, and work yourself more securely into the field. I but mean, we talked about it earlier in the year when we were talking about where Carolina was. That was when they were an eight or a nine seed. You've got to take care of business against these lower quad teams because you've got really, and I think it's just becoming more and more solid that this is going to be the case, you've got one chance to get a quad one win. Yep. Or two. Two. One team that you've got a chance to get a quad one win against. So you've got to be able to take care of business everywhere else because if you do take care of business everywhere else, even if you don't get that quad one win, you can probably get into the field. This is one of those games that you've got to be able to take advantage of. We're going to take a quick break. We'll play you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibitive. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text to Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Really hope you guys are taking a great advantage of all these great offers we've been giving you on the Four corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog side of things. Let's dive right into our keys to the game. We talked about maturity before we went to break. Carolina's got to find a way to play with that same energy, effort, and toughness they've played with at home. And you could even say that was there in the game against Boston College last week. They just didn't shoot the ball well. Well, that, that's got to translate to the road. And we we talked about last week saying, let's use these three games. you got to get confidence back in your group. I think they got their confidence back. They got their swagger back. But let's use that as a springboard. Because as you sit right now, you're still right there in the hunt to win the ACC. You can still accomplish all of your regular season goals. Mm-hmm. And it put yourself up, put yourself in a position to achieve your postseason goals, but it's got to carry on the road. You can't, you can't finish the regular season 
with no major wins away from home. Right now, your best road win is still most likely the College of Charleston. That's not good. Yeah. I'm not saying Louisville I mean, would, it, would be a good road win. I mean, it's either that or Georgia Tech. So I'm not saying that beating Louisville was going to be a good road win either, but you got to get something. And you got to get some confidence to go on the road and win because you haven't won a road game since the first first week of the new year. It's it's been a month since you've won away from Chapel Hill and Ugh. and and that's that's and gonna, that was Boston College and that's going to be the challenge. That's going to be the thing that and the thing about it is is we'll know within the first four minutes if they brought the same energy, effort, and toughness mm-hmm. because we knew at. Notre Dame, they didn't. We knew at Miami, they didn't. And we knew at Wake Forest, they didn't. It's going to be evident if this team is locked in and ready to go. And that's going to be the challenge for Hubert Davis since Saturday is getting those guys to practice right, prepare right, to go into another team's building and play the way that they're capable of playing because they haven't done so so far. And look, that the thing is, is you don't have to start every game the way you started the game against State. It helped. I mean, that would be great, but like... I wouldn't complain as much. That's not exactly what we're looking for, but you're right. It's very evident early in games when you have zero or two points through three and a half minutes, okay, this isn't going to be a good game for Carolina. Yep. And that's the way we felt multiple times on the road where just... it It was almost the same thing as we saw on the gridiron during the season. You knew within the first minutes of that game, yeah, this team ain't going to have a good day today on the road. I just, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but it feels like in Carolina's mind, Saturday should have been the turning point. We're still questioning that. Mm-hmm. We're still saying, okay, is that actually the, the the turning point of the season? We need to see more. But for them in their mind, they should be telling themselves, look, this is where it all turns around. We knew we had to get the job done in those three games at home. We did, and we finished it off with our best performance of the year on the offensive end. We know what we're capable of now. we got to go out and take care of business against an opponent that we should beat. So we'll see. I think, again, it's... The guy that I think you will just keep an eye on him early on and see where his energy levels, how you know if he's if he's demanding the ball, if he's scoring the ball well early on. If if Caleb Love is having an off night, it's going to be a long night for Carolina. The second key is going to be you've got to match their intensity. I don't know how many people watched their game against Duke on Saturday. I watched the entire game. They're not Louisville isn't good. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. But they're going to play hard. And as you mentioned earlier, they haven't been blown out enough times to to, to make you think this team has turned has quit and they've thrown in the towel. Mike Peegs, in a lot of ways, is going to audition to be the next head coach at at Louisville. There's going to be discussion they want to hire with outside the program or you know a former player, and that's fine. But the guy is also going to be given a chance to see if he's got the chance to be the long term guy here. And the and the the players responded on Saturday. Now maybe that was because Duke was in town, and there's a little bit more heat between those two schools as opposed to Carolina. But they're going to play hard, and that's been an issue Carolina's had in their most two recent road losses at Miami and at Wake Forest. 
They didn't match the intensity those teams played with. Those teams were more committed. They played harder, and they played harder longer than Carolina did. This game will probably feel like if Carolina wins it, what Boston College felt like at home. It's not going to be pretty. Now, maybe you come out and you play great and you break their will, but no, not many teams have done that so far. Yeah, off that performance as well, it's hard to be overly confident that that's going to happen because that's, honestly, that's a basketball thing. When you have a performance like that, it is really hard to follow that up with the same type of performance. Speak for yourself. I scored 35 on one leg next night. 33. You must have been playing the worst teams in the league. That must have been what that was. That was just that dominant. <sighs> God. The lies and deceit of this. I mean, the lies and deceit are honestly almost as bad as Chris Max were when he was the head coach at Louisville. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't... I want to believe that it's going to be there out of the gate and that they're going to realize that, look, this is a team that... Is pretty desperate to win. I, now, they're not making the NCAA tournament. That's the difference in the other two teams that you talked about. Miami was playing for something. Yep. Wake Forest was playing for something. This team, unless they are just... I mean, honestly, they would, they would probably have to go, what, undefeated, maybe lose once more to have any chance? Like, it's not going to happen. So... But there's there's still going to be a, a level of desperation that they're going to play with, and you've got to be able to 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 match it. As you were saying, the other thing is is the environment there is pretty good, and yeah, they are coming off that game against Duke on Saturday. Great environment. Usually, it's followed up with a less than stellar environment, but that won't happen because it's rare that you're going to bring Duke and Carolina into your building back-to-back. This is going to be a pretty good environment. It's an 8 o'clock tip. There will be a lot of people there. So Carolina's got to come ready to play. And, you know, we've been talking about it a little bit on and off this year, you know, amongst us and even amongst one of our coworkers, um, Colin Hoggard, who – or a boss, I should actually clarify that. Our boss, <laughs> who is a big Tariel fan, um, and I think we all kind of came to this agreement that you wonder if it has something to do with the fact that they played in empty gyms mm-hmm. last year. But I, now you've seen enough of these environments where you should be starting to get used to this. Because I'm going to tell you, that excuse is not going to fly on March 5th. Yeah. So you've got to be able, by this point, you should be adjusted to that. This is the game where you got to start turning that around. you got to start piling up a couple of road wins because you can't all of a sudden do like you've done at times the last couple of years. Well, you get, a, you get your first significant road win of the year in the week before the Duke game, and then you expect, well, we're going to go on the road and beat Duke. And that this year's team, last year's team, that worked. This year's team that Duke has, that's not gonna that's not gonna fly. The last key, I think, is is something that we'll have to monitor following Carolina's outburst the other day, which is play within the rhythm of the offense. And look, Carolina shot twenty seven three pointers the other day because they were within the rhythm of the offense and they made fifteen of them. They didn't take bad three point shots the other day. They then for the most part, up until the the last time this team was on the road, their shot selection has been where you want it to be most most nights. It's just a matter of making or missing. So you want to 
not come out and take the the wrong type of shots. Louisville's gonna they're gonna press you. They're gonna trap you. They're gonna be physical with you. Just like NC State was. Yep. In a lot of different ways. So you're gonna get the shots that you want to get. You're gonna get good looks at the basket, but they don't need to force this thing. If if they play to their strengths, they'll win the game. They've they've got they're a better team. They've got more talent. They're not as deep right now due to injuries, suspension, et cetera, et cetera. But they're a better team than Louisville. And this game means more to Carolina, or it should mean more to Carolina than it means to Louisville because you're still playing for a lot of things. Louisville right now is playing for pride, which is sometimes a scary team to play against. Mm-hmm. But you're still playing for a regular season championship, seeding in the NCAA tournament. Making the tournament. Making the tournament, whatever you want to call it. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing. You mentioned Caleb Love. You, usually you could tell early on by their shot selection which team showed up. If they're a passive team, they're settling for three-pointers. If they're aggressive, it's still Armando Bacon. He has put Brady Manick more on the block more often than not as of late because you don't have Dawson Garcia. Mm-hmm. And it's still attacking the rim, getting to the basket, drawing fouls, all those little things. That's what culminates in great offense. Well, ball. I, I think the other thing is when they've played well, their ball movement and the movement without the basketball has been good from the beginning yep. of the game. It has to be. They When they have struggled, Miami, Wake Forest, stagnant offense, not a lot of guys moving, a lot of guys just standing around wanting to play isolation basketball. And, and again, you'll notice that very early on in the game because... I mean, first of all, it's 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 pretty obvious from watching them. I mean, when I, when I saw them go isolation against Miami, I honestly said to myself, "Am I watching the early 2010 Knicks? <laughs> like, well, this is like Carmelo Anthony going iso. What is happening? Why is Caleb Love just trying to take the ball across half court and do everything himself? There's that no makes better feeling no than, than isolating a defender though and taking them off the bounce one on one. Well, you can do that when you've got that polished of an offensive game. Caleb Love's offensive game is good, but it's not polished. So you, you've you got to be able to move the basketball around, and you've got to be able to do it efficiently. You can't turn the ball over like you did against Miami and Wake Forest and hope to win the game. Yeah. So I, I, you, you'll notice it early on, though. If, if that energy is there, then the passing will be crisp and the looks will be good. Now, are they going to knock them down at the rate that they did against NC State? Probably not. But this is a game also where, look, I mean, Malik Williams averaging 8.7 rebounds a game. You should still be able to control the offensive glass, too. So this is a game where you should be able to have offensive success if you stay within the rhythm of the offense and do the things that you've done for most of the year. You show up and play like you did offensively against Miami, Wake Forest, Boston College at home. Mm, might not be that successful of a day for you. Carolina enters the game with a 60% chance to win, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. I believe it was after the loss at Wake Forest where I was ranting and raving that I said that I would not pick Carolina to win another road game the rest of the year. That was it, yep. Yeah, I lied. Mm. Um, I know we're not supposed to do that. Mm. I know it's one of the Ten Commandments. By the way, I think it was after Miami, because didn't you pick Wake Forest to win? 
Maybe it was after Miami. I think it was. I think it was. But yes. Oh no, you're going against the golden rule. But I, I think Carolina's going to win the game simply uh. because if they don't win the game, for what the eighth time this year, I, I we're going to burn it down. I'm going to be honest. If they don't win the game, I may deactivate my Twitter <laughs> because the hot takes are going to be out of this world. Yeah, this, I mean, this should be a win. I, I don't, now I'll say this. I'm with you. You were saying it earlier. I don't think that this is going to be the cleanest game. No. Because you're following that performance against NC State. You've had your struggles on the road. You combine those two. It could be a little bit of an up and down game. But ultimately, you're the, you're, you're the much better team in this game. And... Yeah, I mean, there should be not a feeling of desperation, but just a feeling of, I mean, there should be confidence. I I know that a lot of people around the country, and probably rightfully so, are saying, look, Carolina went undefeated this past week, but did they really beat anybody that good? Eh, not really, but you won three conference games all by double digits. And in different ways, and that's invaluable. I mean, if you're Carolina, you should be feeling confident about that week. I feel I, I think you're going to get a confident team coming in, and I think they will do enough to beat Louisville and pick up a big road win. And I think that this is one of those games that if they win it, especially if they win it comfortably, but if they win it just overall, you could look back on that if this team starts to turn around a little bit on the road. So there you go, guys, with Anthony and myself predicting Carolina wins tomorrow night against Louisville. That game will tip off at 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. You can find coverage of that game on theheeltoughblog.com. There'll be a preview article posted and a recap article posted up that night as well. We'll be back the next day to recap that win, or hopefully that hopeful win over Louisville. And then we'll be turning our eyes to Duke on Saturday as Coach K makes his final trip to Chapel Hill in the storied rivalry between us and the Blue Devils. Football side of things, weekly storylines article is up from last week. This week, Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Sam Howell is participating in that. We'll keep you updated on all of his doings down there in the Senior Bowl as Anthony keeps you up to up to speed on the latest Tar Heel football news and nuggets. As for the podcast, you know where to find us, Basketball Podcasting Network. We host our megaphone. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast. We'll pop up, like the pod, review the pod, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any podcast during the basketball season. So with that, guys, that is going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. I do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com, to find the best basketball podcast.